0: Okay, well, we got the recording in progress notes, so we'll get this thing going. But hey, everyone, welcome back. It's been a while since we've had the band back together. Uh, we've lost some, some coaches along the way, but we've also gained some new ones. So here's to keeping a few of these traditions alive and keeping the sim going. Before we get into things, I wanted to bring in the one and only Coach Matt, formerly of Kennesaw State, and now just disrupting everything in the Northeast region as the head, of, as the head coach for Penn State. Matt, how's life in the Northeast region treating you?
1: you no, know, um, it's been a very good year. Um, we've we've been very lucky with some of our some of our recruiting, including our you know first cycle snipe of Monmouth. Sorry, bro. bro sorry. Um, <laughs> um, and then we we picked up a, a unexpected uh, recruit in, in uh, cycle two. I kind of I had to go, I worked that day and threw in a a break or a, a I put it in like eight o'clock something I put in a uh, one for somebody and I got him and I'm just kind of waiting to see if I got person number three. And if we did, you know, we're starting full steam towards uh, relevancy in a year or two.
0: Which which isn't good news for folks like myself who are in the Northeast and in the A-10. So, uh, you know, hopefully we'll give you a rude introduction here uh, during the A-10 tournament. But but good to have you back, man. This is, uh, this is always a lot of fun for both of us. And for folks who don't know Matt yet, any new folks to the SIN, he is our chief bracketologist in the Heat Check And just like many of us, he's got a day job that keeps him very busy. So I'm just pumped that we could both be here once again. Um, before we get rolling with the program, some housekeeping notes. Number one, we may have lost some of our Zoom or podcast muscles since the last time we brought this to you. So please bear with us in case we fumble through anything as we've done in the past, we'll go through each conference tournament result. I'll try to provide some context setting and Matt will chime in as results are being shared with his two cents and and bracket implications as we go through. Then we'll get to the bracket reveal. Number two, please remember that one of the reasons Eli delivered season 11 relatively quickly is because he's going to take an extended break through, I believe the entirety of the real life March Madness so please stay active on Discord and know that the latest and the latest is that Eli will bring this back again for season 12, just after all of the IRL stuff is over. Um, this is live on Zoom. If you are on audio only, there are slides that will be presented. I'll be sharing the media files of Eli right after this and he'll get them up on his site. So while I'll try to share results and info as if there wasn't anything on the screen, please bear with me in case I deferred any visuals as that's what I'm looking at as we go through this. Unfortunately, we could not bring you NIT results as we didn't receive them. So if your team was unlucky and didn't make the big dance, stay on the lookout for Eli to share NIT bracket results on HeatCheckCBB.com sometime this week. We will try to stay on the line after the bracket reveal so we can talk shop and for any coaches who wanna give us their reactions and talk all things heatchecksim, we're here for all of it. Last and certainly not least, please keep going to Eli's website, drive those clicks up. Eli put this thing on the site for a reason. Uh, that's, that's it to sort of uh, you know, set the table. Uh, as always, if you haven't already, go get your beer, your glass of wine, your heart seltzer, whatever your favorite libation is and, and get comfortable because we're about to get into it. Matt, any last words of wisdom before we uh, jump into conference tournament results?
1: Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. You know, let's just, let's, let's keep this thing going and let's, you know, let's help our boy Eli out. He's done a lot for us uh, through the pandemic and, you know, now it's our time to, uh, to, to pay it back for him. And I, uh, yeah, I, I absolutely go check out the site, go click around, go read the, the articles too. They've got some, he's got a great team of writers. I'm not even like a college basketball fan to start. Like it's like maybe my fifth or sixth favorite sport, but he's got some amazing writers on his team, and they do some great work. So definitely go read their work along with clicking on the Sim stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, before Eli was chief architect of the Sim, he has been, ha- for a long time, he has been an amazing college basketball writer, uh, reporter, journalist, um, analyst, etc. So, uh, so his premium stuff is is actually well worth uh, people's time in addition to to enjoying the Sim. But let's get into the results. Um, before we do, Matt pre-conference you know, pre tournament bracketology notes. Anything you want to note here on the slide around last four buys, last four in, et cetera?
1: It was really, really close. You know, um, I I kind of tried to take a stab at figuring out the SOS and I'm pretty sure I figured it out. Uh, it's going to next year, we'll see if, or next season, we'll see if maybe I can spend some more time on it. But I'm still working on SOR, but I feel like, uh, like coming in, you know, these are your teams right here to keep an eye out. If any of these teams win their conference tournament, then that's a bubble burst for somebody else. And it's going to be really interesting to, to watch and see who, how many of these teams get in, how many of the teams get left out.
0: For anyone who's new, this definitely emulates real life in terms of the drama that's, that's about to unfold. So with that being said, let's get into our first set of results. The A-10. So leading off one of the best conferences around and one coach Matt is part of now. Nine teams with a roster rating over 12.5. Radford's best team in their history at 15.26, but St. Joe's took the regular season crown, which is fairly unsurprising for those of us who have been around a couple of teams that might sweat come bracket reveal time, including Radford with a 44 SOR and a 46 strength of schedule. Uh, And as Matt mentioned in that last slide, VCU with a 59 SOR 27 SOS in one of his last four teams in. So VCU might need a quarterfinals win, if not more, to breathe a bit easier. And as we get to the results, VCU gets their win against St. Louis, 72-59. to Meantime, my Lafayette Leopards get upset by Rhode Island, while Radford and St. Joe's both score quarterfinal victories. In the semis, it's VCU again with a win, a seven-point victory over St. Joe's to advance to the title game versus that Radford team that we were just talking about, who also got past Rhode Island by 10. And in the final, which team won't even have to worry about getting in at-large? It's Radford, peaking at the right time, winning seventy-five to fifty-two to claim their A-10 title. We started this thing off with some excitement. Matt, any reactions here?
1: Yes, I coming into the coming into this one, I securely had uh, St. Joe's, St. Louis, and Lafayette in, and the two bubble teams right there are the ones who uh, who made it into the championship game. Radford, I think that even with a loss, I think they would have made it in VCU, man, you guys got to be sweating because I think that you guys needed a win. You know, you that win over St. Joe's, is that going to be enough? I mean, St. Louis, you know, had a pretty solid record too, but I mean, you know, is that one over St. Joe's going to be enough to get him in? I guess we'll find out.
0: Yeah. A-10 could very easily have have four, if not five teams, but, uh, but we'll have to find out based on all the rest of the conference tournament results. So let's get to the ACC, um, which many think to be the best conference around. You have a number of teams who could win it all, including Wake and FSU. who have two of the top five rosters in all of the land. Wake won the regular season title and is looking for a clean sweep. You have Clemson, who's squarely on the bubble, and they aren't even in the ACC tournament because they didn't finish in the top eight. Georgia Tech with an SOR of 63 and an SOS of 49, so they could try to move up if they score some wins. In the first round, we get a UNC-Duke classic in overtime with the Tar Heels prevailing 81-78. to 78. Georgia Tech cannot get it done versus the Seminoles, and their NCAA door may have been officially closed. Pitt and Wake win comfortably. In the semis, Wake gets a step closer to sweeping titles, beating UNC by 11. FSU gets by Pitt 74-65. to 65. And in the final, in that battle of top five rosters, It's Florida State who takes the ACC tournament crown 69 to 65, which may help their postseason seeding. And that's a team you may not want to face come tournament time. Matt, does Wake still get a number one seed even with this
1: loss? Yeah, I would think so. I mean, you know, they they did make the final. I think that if, uh, you know, if they would have maybe lost to the quarters, I think that they that number one seed could have been in doubt. But at the end of the day, yeah, no, I think Wake Forest is, is the best team in the country, and, and despite a loss, they still should be good. The, yeah. the one I'm going to be interested in is watching for Virginia there. They were a team that, I mean, they did come in with a 33 SOR, but, you know, I mean, a first-round loss is a first-round loss, so how far is that going to drop them, you know? And yeah. and finally, Clemson, you know, they didn't make it in. 46, that's squarely a bubble team right there. Do is there going to be enough movement around them to keep them in the tournament? Who knows?
0: there's a lot of potential proof points for how much eli weighs conference tournament results based on what we okay. see with these acc teams so we'll find out a little bit later let's get on to the america east excuse me um not sure who's active in the Discord from this conference but stony Brook went 15 and 1 during regular season play followed by albany and vermont at 13 and 3 each no one's in play for an at-large so it's winner go home for everyone Let's just skip towards the end. After Stony Brook survives OT in the quarters, they get two-seed Vermont in the final. And in that final, Stony Brook defeats Vermont 66-56 to to get the auto bid. They're at 12.88 roster strength, so let's keep an eye on their first-round matchup come tournament time. On to the American, where you have the best-rated roster in the history of the Sim, Connecticut, finishing the regular season third after an underwhelming season with a lot of upsets. Blame it on the SIM gods, blame it on Eli's using last year's roster ratings. That's not for me to weigh in on, but we've got a lot of possible drama here with Memphis as the five seed, but having an SOR of 45 and an SOS of 74 and Tulsa, who finished first in the conference at 14 and two, having a 52 SOR and 112 SOS, not to mention Cincinnati, who has a 56 SOR and a 131 SOS. So those there's some stuff on the line in this conference tournament. In the first round, Memphis wins heads up against Cincy in what seems like it could be an elimination game, seventy to sixty five. UConn barely squeaks by South Florida, who I believe upset UConn in the regular season. The Bulls are still working on that elusive NCAA tournament berth, but they've got a great head coach in the Discord. Temple gets by Tulane uh, by three. In the semis. Tulsa does take care of Memphis and UConn does the same against temple. And in the final, is it those Connecticut Huskies who flex their muscles as the most talented team in the sim? It is. They crush Tulsa 71 to 48. Matt, what do you take away from the American?
1: This was one of those ones that just before looking at the conference tournament results, I was just like, wow. I mean, you know, Connecticut, the best team in history, still just blows my mind. You know, even though we've known that this was going to happen for the last three seasons, um, but just looking at the strength of schedules, it just blew my mind. Seeing 89, 74, and then a hundred, you know, every all the rest of them above a hundred. Um, this one really came down to you know that Cincinnati-Memphis game was basically an elimination game. I don't think Cincinnati can recover from a first round loss there. Um, other than that you know, is Tulsa's, you know, Tulsa's run going to be able to be enough to get them in? I mean, yeah, they were the number one seed, but they got handled in the final and they played, you know, arguably, you know, I mean, Cincinnati would have been a better matchup in the semifinals for their strength of schedule. So, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be, you know, I think that there could be anywhere from, um, you know, two to four bids in this league. It's going to be very interesting to see, you know, how many this school, this, uh, this league gets.
0: Yeah, which is wild, given that going into this tournament, it wasn't even a foregone conclusion that the one seed would would be one of those two to four teams that you mentioned. So I guess we'll have to see how it shakes out and how many bids the American will get um, after UConn's uh, resounding victory in the final against Tulsa. Let's get to the Atlantic Sun, where Tommy Bible's not walking out that door anymore, but seemingly still referenced on a weekly basis by the Discord community. Matt, your former Kennesaw State squad sewed up the one seed followed by Citadel of course, this is a one bid league, so let's see. It takes it all the top seeds. Hold it in the quarters, in the semis, we get more of the same, and in the finals, down to the wire, a buzzer beater for the ages. The ghost of Tommy Bible comes back to haunt Kennesaw State. Citadel wins in a classic, seventy-one to sixty-nine. Matt, do you even care anymore about Kennesaw State, or are you just one of the many coaches who cannot get enough of Tommy Bible and Citadel?
1: I I absolutely care about all my former teams. I I I thoroughly follow. I definitely follow Idaho State, South Dakota State, and Kennesaw State to a T. Every single every single move. I'm always criticizing what they're doing. But uh, this was the year that you know four seasons ago the plan was put into motion, and you know this was the peak year. And I'm just so so proud of those guys. I wish they would have you know they would have been able to win to get into the dance again, but. Uh, knowing they had the one scene, they're going to make a run of the NIT. I'm just very proud of those guys. And Tommy Bible, I mean, come on, you can't be disappointed losing to the Tommy Bibles. They're just, that's that's a great, very well run program. And, you know, absolutely love all of the Discord stuff from the Citadel. So, congratulations, guys.
0: Well, NIT is not a terrible consolation for, for Kennesaw State, but that's where they will end up as Citadel takes the auto bid 71 to 69. All right, on to the Big Ten, where you had Purdue coming in as the one seed after going 23 and 5 and 14 and 2 in conference. We saw a down year from the Spartans, but their head coaches hit the recruiting trail hard, and Sparty seems like they'll be a force to be reckoned with again soon. And hey, they did get a seven seed in the Big Ten tourney, so maybe we haven't heard the last of them from this season, even. Interesting to note that Minnesota, despite finishing fifth in the conference, has the best conference SOR at six and an, SOR of, an SOS of 33, excuse me. Illinois could use a win to breathe easier as they've got an SOR of 36 and an SOS of 40. As Matt mentioned uh, in his, his uh, bracketology to start this off, Michigan is squarely on the bubble as the last four in based on his end of season bracketology. They've got a 50 SOR and a 50 SOS. In the quarters, do that load? We do hear... For Michigan State as they upset the Badgers by 13. The Wolverines cannot get by the Hoosiers and we also saw the Gophers beat the Illini so their coach might be sweating a little more than he would like. In the semis, Purdue wins and Indiana ends MSU's hopes of being Cinderella. And in the final in Indianapolis, two Indiana-based teams play down to the wire and thanks to a buzzer beater, Indiana upsets the Boilermakers 67-66. to 66. Matt, what are you thinking if you're one of the bubble teams we mentioned or if you're one of the teams who is guaranteed to get in like Purdue but wondering about your seating?
1: You know, um, I think Purdue is in a good spot. Um, the their, their two wins are ones that will help. Uh, even their loss will help boost their strength of schedule so that can only help their SOR. Um I think that they're probably in line for, I don't know, maybe a four seed tops. You know, we'll see how that one, how that turns out. Um, If you're Michigan, that is not the result that you needed. Um, You know, Michigan, I think, I don't think that they have a chance. I think that they're out unless there are a bunch of other first round implosions around uh, Michigan state, you know, great run, but the SOR was too far down. I don't think you're going to have enough to get in. Um, but you know, I mean, this is another conference that's going to send multiple teams that have chances to go far. I still can't believe, looking at this one and then looking at the American, that the the best team in the Sor was ranked like fourth or fifth, you know, in the conference. Just insane to me how that worked out this year.
0: Agreed, and we'll see how that impacts our seeding as well. But like you said, if you're Michigan, you are hoping there are no bid thieves uh, in this conference tournament result because. You're, you're hanging on by a thread after that, uh, after that first round loss to the Hoosiers. Let's get to the Big Ten. Sorry, one second. All right, there we go. Big 12, where again, similar to the American, you had one of the best rosters around with Kansas State with the second best roster in the Sim, finishing third in the conference, but a team that no one's going to want to face in the postseason. Iowa State felt like they arrived a year early and they won the conference crown in the regular season. The one team that might be on the bubble here is Oklahoma State. Their first year coach left UVA and led them to a 17 and 11, 10 and six conference record. But their SOR is 68 and their SOS is 61. So seemingly on the outside looking in. Kansas, despite finishing second in the conference has the third best SOR in the country and the seventh best SOS. In the quarters, Oklahoma State's bubble officially burst with the loss to TCU by one point. Kansas State will limp into the postseason a bit as they lose to Baylor 67 to 7, excuse me, 67 to 60. That seems like a bad loss and then Iowa State and Kansas advance. In the semis, Iowa State and Kansas advance again and in the finals, will the Cyclones add another chapter to their dream season? They do not getting run out of the gym by Kansas, eighty to sixty one. Both teams will play in the NCAA tournament. But Matt, a couple of things: what does that do for the Jayhawks' seeding, in your opinion? And what does that do for Kansas State? Or are they on the bubble now a little bit after that loss to Miller?
1: Um, I think that uh, Kansas is probably they should be considered to be a uh, number one seed. Um, they have the pedigree, the uh, the sor. They've got the high SOS. They've got the conference tournament win. I mean, I, could, I wouldn't be surprised to see them on the number one line. I think Kansas State's fine. Um, I think that if, you have, if you're have, going into your conference tournament, if you're below like a 40 SOR, you can afford a first-round loss and still possibly get in. And at a 34, I think that they're safe. I think that they it, it may make them sweat a little bit. They may get a lower seed than they would want originally. And the Baylor loss is not too bad of a loss. The Baylor's still above a 500 team. So, you know, I mean, it could be a lot worse for, uh, for Kansas State. It could be Oklahoma State who needed at least a run to the finals or a loss to Iowa State in the semis.
0: Got it. I mean, well, I'm so curious to see Kansas State seeding because, again, they have such an incredible roster, but an underwhelming season by their own measure, I'm sure. But that might just mean uh, an even a favorable matchup in, in round one. We'll see what they get, assuming they make the tournament. But let's get to the Big East and out to Madison Square Garden. Seton Hall won the conference outright by two games over Villanova, surprisingly. We also saw the return of Xavier as they are squarely in the mix and I think managed by the CPU. Either way, impressive stuff from them lately. We've got some bubble stuff happening here too as Xavier was one of Matt's last four buys with a 49SOR and a 97SOS. Georgetown has a 41SOR and a 29SOS, and they're both playing each other. So someone might be in trouble after the quarterfinals. And in those quarterfinals, Xavier gets by Georgetown 72 to 69. The rest of the high receipts hold. In the semis, Xavier wins again, upsetting Seton Hall 76 to 65. And Villanova takes care of Butler. And in the finals, could Xavier just go ahead and take the auto bid? They cannot. They lose to Villanova 72 to 65. We've seen the Wildcats make a run in the tournament many times before and. They'll come in hot. Matt, what are the bubble implications after the Big East tournament?
1: Well, um, if Xavier wasn't in after the win over Georgetown, that win over Seton Hall will definitely put them in. Um, Now it's going to be Georgetown who's sitting there sweating it out. You know, they're a 41 going in and that first round loss. I mean, albeit to a very solid Xavier team, you know, we'll see if that's if Xavier's uh, strength is enough to, you know, keep Georgetown in.
0: Yeah, a lot, lot, to unpack here. Uh, come, come bracket reveal, but uh, but an exciting tournament in Massesburg Garden. Big East does not fail to disappoint. And welcome back Xavier to uh, to the bubble and just to the sim in general. It's nice to see them uh, at their at their their right perch. Let's go to the Big Sky, where hey, it's just awesome to have active coaches packing this great league. Southern Utah and of course Weber State, Idaho took the regular season crown. Southern Utah and Weber finished second and third respectively. Unlike in some years past, this is definitively a one-bid league this year. All of the favorites hold in the quarterfinals. In the semis, Idaho gets by Montana State, and Southern Utah takes down Weber State. And in the finals, for the chance to go dancing, in overtime, Idaho loses to Southern Utah 81-77. to The Vandals will settle for the NIT auto bid, and the Thunderbirds will look to make more noise in the big dance Congrats to them and their active Discord coach.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Congratulations. I mean, you you know, a former Big Sky coach myself. You know, just watching the him build the program up. Just, I'm I'm very, very proud. Congratulations.
0: Yeah, and also one of the cooler mascots uh, in all of the land. So uh, excited to see them get a first round matchup. On to the Big South, where Longwood had by far the best roster in the conference and the 49th best roster in the nation at 30, 13.74. They tied for first with Winthrop in the regular season at 13-3. and three. This is also a one-bid league, so whoever wins advances. In the quarters, all the top seeds advance. In the semis, Longwood and Winthrop both advance as well. And in the finals for that auto bid, in a back-and-forth affair, Winthrop beats Longwood 74 to 70 heartbreak for Longwood's head coach as they'll have to head to the NIT. Matt, I know you have to be feeling for their coach. We've both been there before. I remember suffering similar heartbreak when Lafayette was back in the Patriot league.
1: Yeah. Just keep your head up, keep it going. And, uh, you know, hopefully you'll be back again soon and just know that Winthrop wins every year. So, you know, (laughs) I would look to, uh, you know, maybe switch conferences.
0: If all else fails, we move conferences. That's 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 the world's story, and and uh, he checks Simland. But yes. Longwood, so I put
1: believe... the Sim, stick with the Sim, pull a West Virginia, go to the Sun Belt, you'll be fine.
0: There, there you go. Uh, and I think Longwood did post in Discord earlier today that they have a really strong roster coming back next season. So uh, if not this year, next season could be the year that they uh, peak and make a run come March. Let's get to the Big West, where Eli's Hawaii team got a three seed. I have no idea if Long Beach's head coach is still with us in Discord, but his program is still very relevant in the Big West. Let's get to the action. All the top seeds hold in the quarters. In the semis, UC Davis gets upset by Riverside, 58-57, to opening the door possibly for Long Beach State as they crush Hawaii by 23. And in the finals, would it be the 49ers or Riverside who advances – it is Long Beach State. They take the crown in the auto bid, 64 to 53. I really do wish and you know that their coach was around Discord because I know he'd be celebrating right now. Matt, any thoughts on where you think they might get seated? Is, is anything higher than 15 wishful thinking?
1: Um, I mean, they are a 119 SOR coming in. Um, I think that if they would have gotten a win over UC Davis in the final, it could have been a little bit better. But I mean, I could see them as one of like the, like the lower 14s, maybe a high fifteen.
0: A team that's got some tournament pedigree. So I don't know if anyone's going to want to be matching up with them regardless of what their seed is, but congrats to, to Long Beach. And uh, we'll see them in NCAA tournament bracket play coming up soon here. On to the Colonial we're heading back East. Remember, it was a season ago that this was a two bid CAA as not only did Delaware State and Hofstra both make it, but Hofstra went all the way to the Elite Eight as an 11 seed. And I think even the year before that, Delaware State also went to the Elite Eight. So There's some tradition here in terms of bubble implications. Matt had Delaware state as his next four out. So they might have to get the auto bid or at least make it to the finals to stay on the at large bubble. By the way, it's worth noting. Towson went 15 and one in the conference. They were a roster rating of 10.39 compared to DSU at 14.19. So somehow the tigers have made an incredible run. We'll see if they can keep it going. That 10.39 rating I mentioned is fifth best in the conference, by the way, which I think is just crazy. Anyways, in the quarters, all the top seeds hold. In the semis, Towson keeps their dream season going, and Delaware State crushes their rival Hofstra. And in the finals, would Towson keep their improbable run going? They do not. Losing to Delaware State 83-68, to congrats to DSU on getting the auto bid. Towson, the NIT awaits as a consolation prize. Matt, DSC is dangerous. Where do you see them seating wise?
1: They are not a team that I want to play, Um, and I'll talk about a little bit more about them when we actually get to the bracket reveal. Um, But that team is a dangerous team, and I am I feel for Towson here because I feel like if I think that I think it's going to be a one big colonial but I think that if Delaware or if Towson would have won, I think Delaware state's resume would have been enough to get them in as an, as an at-large team. So it's, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see. Uh,
0: No, I I guess we we, we won't find out since Delaware state got the, got the out of it. But to your point, I know all too well how tough this team is I seemingly cannot beat Delaware state. I've lost them a couple of seasons in a row now. And, and someone's going to have to face a really tough first round matchup depending on where they're seated, but congrats to them. Also congrats again to Thousand on a hell of a year. I, I still can't believe the fifth best team in the conference finished first outright at 15 and one. So congrats to the Tigers. On to conference USA, which has had its fair share of crazy conference tournaments over the life of the Sim FAU, Louisiana tech and ODU all finished 14 and two in conference. Funnily enough, in terms of the bubble and Matt, is this a one-bid league, by the way? I mean, I know ODU had, has an SOR of 51, but an SOS of 174. But everyone else is in the 80s SOR-wise. So do you think this is this might be a one-bid league, or are we going to get multiple bids potentially?
1: It's going to depend on if Old Dominion makes the final. If Old Dominion makes the final, especially with a win over Charlotte. So Charlotte needs to win. Old Dominion needs to beat Charlotte. And I think that would be enough to get them into in as an at-large potentially. Other than that, I if anybody else wins or if you know Old Dominion doesn't make it to the championship, I think that it's probably going to be a one-bid league.
0: Well, the Monarchs would prefer just to win the, the conference tournament outright and not to swipe come uh, come selection show time. But we'll find out what happens in the first round. All of the top seeds hold. In the semis, the ghost of Eli still lives at Charlotte as Eli's old team upsets Old Dominion 76-72. to 72. Got to feel for their head coach, who's absolutely one of the best coaches in the Discord community. Louisiana Tech takes down FAU in a tight one, 68-64, setting up that two-versus-four matchup, where Louisiana Tech loses to Charlotte, 79-76. to Out of that four spot, Charlotte gets it done. Matt, what do you think of OD's fate now? You said that you thought if they made the final, that it'd be good enough. What about them losing out in the semis?
1: You know, this is going to be one of those ones where we need to see where every other bubble team makes it because I feel like, depending on how things go, I think that I could see them if they do get in. I would see them as one of the last ones getting in, and if they don't get in, then I think they would be probably the first one that doesn't get it, doesn't get in.
0: Well, I see Old Dominion's coach on on our Zoom call, so um, fortunately or unfortunately, he's got to stick around a little bit longer to find out his fate, but. Um, Wild one, you know, there's no Marshall in this league, Uh, you know, having a really strong team like they did last year. So uh, losing on the semis uh, could prove to be fatal, but we'll we'll have to wait and find out. Let's get back to the Midwest and some Horizon action. Weirdly enough, I think Green Bay, while having the best roster rating in the league, is CPU run. While the numbers two through seven teams are all user led. Anyways, it was Illinois, Chicago who took the regular season crown at 14-2. and three games better than Green Bay. In the quarters, the Flames do win. The only upset in the quarters is Milwaukee losing to Wright State in the four versus five. In the semis, the top two seeds advance, setting up the one versus two, Illinois-Chicago versus Green Bay. And Green Bay wins 63 to 57. Matt, a couple of things here. I mean, first, does Illinois-Chicago have a shot at an at-large given their SOR was 48 coming in, even if their SOS was 143? And then second, will anyone want to play Green Bay, given their roster rating is over 14.0? Um,
1: I think that Illinois-Chicago has a good chance to get in. Um, they did make the final. They did you know, beat a pretty solid Wright State team, and they did lose to a pretty solid Green Bay team as well. I think that if they don't, then I think that uh, Cleveland State's um, postseason ban would be the reason for it, because let's say uh, Illinois-Chicago plays um, Cleveland State, Cleveland state is a game better than Northern Kentucky. And who knows if maybe that slight alteration in their opponent's strength of schedule could have put them up over the top. Who knows? I think that they're squarely in just because they did make a run of the final. And yeah, I completely agree. I don't, if I'm, you know, anybody who's going to be a higher seed, I don't want to see green Bay on the, on the other side. They are just a matchup nightmare.
0: Yeah, this will be an interesting one to watch. Uh, we've seen some great teams out of the horizon in past seasons. Uh, Illinois, Chicago, not I don't think having been one of those teams. So we'll see if they're, if they're NIT bound or if they're going to squeeze in the NCAA tournament after the run of the finals, but uh, falling short to Green Bay. On to the Ivy, which has been a lot of fun to follow with Penn's head coach active in the Discord. It's been quite the rivalry between them and Princeton over the past couple of seasons. Princeton getting the auto bid in S10. They finished neck and neck the season, Princeton at 15 and one, Penn at 14 and two. And predictably, we would get both of those teams in the final yet again. And in those finals, Penn loses to Princeton in a one sided contest, 74 to 48. The Tigers will await their seed while Penn will have to wait a little longer to see if their name is called for the NIT. Matt, do you see Princeton as a 15 or a 16 or something else?
1: Oh no, I could see them jumping up to being maybe even a low 13 and high 14. Oh, wow. They, you know, they came in with a 103 sor, and I mean, yeah, they did have the Dartmouth wins, not necessarily the best, and the Brown win. I mean, Brown and Yale had the same record coming in, so that really didn't it didn't matter who they played there. But you know, another win over Penn is always good for the sor and good for the sos. So I mean, I could see them possibly being. I would I would probably say they'd be a 14.
0: Okay. Well, Penn's got a great program going. Hopefully their coach keeps his head up uh, and hopefully they're in it bound as well, because uh, there's a chance they'd make a run there. I know they got another good, pro- good team coming back for, uh, for s 12. Let's get to the Metro Atlantic, which is always good for some high drama and thrills. Thanks to some great coaches and some really great teams. Iona and Monmouth both finished 14 and two. Monmouth some, seems somewhat safely in the field with an SOR of 27, even with an SOS of 120. They also have the 10th best roster in the country, in case folks didn't know. Iona, as Matt mentioned on his slide earlier, is living life on the bubble, and specifically in that last four-in category. So here we go. In the quarters, all of the top seeds hold, including blowouts by Monmouth and Iona. In the semis, Monmouth keeps rolling over the Red Foxes, who actually upset them last year in the conference final, while Iona gets past Canisius. And in the final, one versus two, Monmouth-Iona. Monmouth loses to the Gales, 77-67. The Gales officially get off the bubble and into the field. Matt, is the MAC going to be a two-bid league, and where do you see those seeds lining up if so?
1: Uh, absolutely. It's a two bid league. Um, Monmouth, I, you know, I mean, they come in as a 27 SOR, um, you know, they make it to the final. I could see them in the, you know, maybe the six or seven range. I mean, I think that that's kind of where they should end up. And I think that even if Iona loses to Monmouth, I think it's a two bid Mac. Um, Iona's got a great resume coming in while their uh, strength of schedule was a little low, you know, it does get a boost with some of these wins here. And yeah, no, I, I think that uh, two big Macs going to be awesome and it's going to be, uh, you know, Monmouth's going to be a matchup nightmare. And, you know, Iona's got some momentum.
0: Yeah, I, I got to love mid-major leagues getting uh, getting two bids. So congrats to the Gales uh, on a great season, as well as Monmouth, who will await their seed in the NCAA tournament. On to the Mid-American, where Miami of Ohio finished 14-2. and This league has depth, six teams with a roster rating over 12.5, but really only one team who's safely tourney-bound, and that's Miami of Ohio. Kent State is in Matt's last four in. Worth noting that Eastern Michigan was banned from postseason play uh, this season, and I think we also lost their head coach from Discord, which, which sucks. Anyways, on to the action. In the quarters, Ohio and Bowling Green pull off upsets in those four, five, and three, six matchups. In the semis, Miami of Ohio crushes the Bobcats and the Flashes cannot beat Bowling Green, which could really hurt them, especially with any bit thieves lurking in the conference tournaments, including Bowling Green, by the way, who despite finishing sixth in the conference has the second best roster at 14.33. And in the finals, would bowling green steal a bit and get in the big dance. This one comes down to the last possession of the game where Miami of Ohio wins 58 to fifty-five to take the crown. And everyone in the bubble breathes a big sigh of relief. Matt, is Kent State done though after losing in the semis?
1: They if they make it in, it's gonna be by the skin of their teeth. They will if if they do. They would be the last team in, in my opinion. You know, they came in with a 55 SOR. The Akron win really is not an impressive win, and I think they needed that win over Bowling Green. Uh, I I don't know if it's going to be enough, but if it is, they're going to be they'll be a play in game for sure.
0: Well, well, Bowling Green plays the role of spoiler at least uh, when it comes to Kent State's chances at a at a tournament bid. We'll see if, uh, if it comes back to haunt Kent State when we release the bracket. But uh, congrats to Miami of Ohio on. On their conference tournament title. On to the MIAC. We'll, we'll hit this one quickly as I don't think we have any active Discord coaches, let alone maybe any active coaches in general in this league. Uh, one seed Coppin State gets bounced in the quarters by Delaware, who's the eighth seed, who also wins in the semi, setting up a three versus eight in the final, where Delaware's luck finally runs out, losing to NC Central 68 to 60. Congrats to NC Central. Going to St. Louis for the Missouri Valley, where Illinois State. Won the regular season title and had, I believe, the program's first top 10 ranking at one point this season. As a result, the Redbirds have a 15 SOR and a 32 SOS, so they seem comfortably in the field. But as Matt noted, Indiana State is a living life on the bubble with a 43 SOR and a 78 SOS. Same with Valpo and their 53 SOR and 92 SOS. We didn't see Drake on Matt's list, but worth noting, they did have a 61 SOR and a 46 SOS coming in. So there's there's always drama in the MVC, and there, there seems to be plenty that could come here, too. In the quarters, Valpo loses to Northern Iowa 73-58, to 58, which does not bode well for their chances of, an, of a berth. Meantime, the same can be said for the Sycamores as the two-seed gets knocked out 64-56 to 56 by Missouri State. Already a lot going on here. In the semis, Illinois State loses to Northern Iowa 73-65. to 65. And Drake loses by a point 73 to 72, setting up the improbable four versus seven title game. And in that title game, it's four seed Northern Iowa who gets the auto bid 75 to 59. Wow, Northern Iowa, who had a 90 SOR coming in, makes a run. They will be in the big dance. Holy shit, a lot to unpack here, Matt. What are your quick reactions?
1: First, yeah, Illinois State was safely in um i indiana state is squarely on the bubble and that is the worst i mean legitimately they win that quarterfinal game i think they're in regardless of what happens against drake but a loss to a sub 500 missouri state team is not good for for a team who already had a dangerous 78 sos coming in Valpo, I don't think they're gonna get into fifty three in a first round loss. Not very good. Drake is. That's a tough one because you know normally you'd think the sixth seed would be a pretty solid one in the MVC, but you know with Evansville getting banned, that means that loyal of Chicago is the uh, is the sixth seed, which you know, they're sub 500 as well. So while they got a win there, then they lose to, you know, sub 500 Missouri state. So I don't know. I mean, honestly, I see Illinois state and Northern Iowa. I don't know if we'll get a three bid Missouri Valley as much as they should get three bids. I think it's only going to be two
0: Missouri state could, could have played, could have ruined it for a lot of teams here. Uh, That that was not the result that I think anyone expected uh, little alone Illinois State not even making it to the championship. But congrats to Northern Iowa. The Panthers will uh, will play in the NCAA tournament, as will Illinois State, and possibly a third team. We will have to wait to find out. On to the Mountain West. Let's see if it can match the drama we just saw on the NBC. Denver and San Diego State tied for the regular season crown at 12-4. and New Mexico, UNLV, and Abilene Christian all finished 10-6 and or better in the conference. Matt has Denver on the first four outline, which can't feel good after what we just saw happen in St. Louis, but the pioneers will hope they can just get the auto bid and take care of business. Despite finishing third in the conference, UNLV has to be feeling okay about their at-large chances with a 20 SOR. New Mexico has a 40 SOR and 81 SOS. And for reference, Denver's at 54 SOR, 82 SOS. So man, there's just a lot to shake out here. In the quarters, all the top seeds win, including New Mexico, against the tough ACU team that actually had the best roster rating in the conference. In the semis, in overtime, San Diego State gets by the Lobos and UNLV crushes Denver 76-57, to keeping the Pioneers on that bubble. And in the finals, it's UNLV beating San Diego State 83-71 to to claim the auto bid. Matt, what are you thinking if you're New Mexico or you're Denver's coaches?
1: Well, um, Denver Denver needed to make the final. They needed another marquee win. Um, I don't see them making it. New Mexico, that's, that's a tough one. No, I mean, they got a very good win over Abilene Christian. And, you know, the loss to San Diego State is not necessarily a bad loss. But, I mean, they did come in with a 40 SOR. So, I mean, there's a good chance that they could slide in there. But I, I don't know. It's going to be – that's going to be another one to watch.
0: Well, this is a great conference with great coaches. I know Denver's coach is on the line, as is Abilene Christians, uh, and kudos to them for sticking around. Hopefully they'll stick around a lot longer to see what their results are and if they made the bracket. I know ODU's coach was in here earlier, and, and he left, so I guess he's not feeling very good about his chances. But great conference, great coaching group, um, and, uh, and, yeah, hopefully a lot more to come out of this conference. Let's get to the Northeast who were actually the best team in the land by far was Wagner, but they got hit with the banhammer. Also, RIP to their head coach from the Discord. It's still really sad that he's gone. Without Wagner, Mount St. Mary's, Bryan, and Sacred Heart were your three best regular season teams. And indeed, we got two of those teams in the final with Mount St. Mary's facing Bryant and Bryant beating them 64 to 61 to claim the auto bid. Somewhere, Syracuse's head coach is either screaming in joy. In pain or just having nightmares about Florida State's head coach, who seemingly continues to relentlessly call him out on Discord. Either way, it's Brian coming out of the Northeast. So, congrats to Brian. And I believe there's CPU led coach. Let's go to the Ohio Valley, where there's real momentum behind hashtag 2BidOVC as Simo put together a regular season for the ages, finishing 27 and 1 and 16 and 0 in the conference with Murray State not far behind at 24-4 and four and 14-2. and two. As a result, SEMO had a 30 SOR with an ugly 201 strength schedule, and Murray had a 60 SOR with an even worse 211 strength schedule. So we could see drama here too. We could see a big beef, who knows. Skipping ahead to the semis, SEMO crushes Belmont, and Murray barely avoids the upset against six-seed Eastern East Tennessee State setting up that one versus two showdown where Simo loses to murray state 63 to 54 potentially crushing another bubble team's hopes matt you had murray as your next four out now they've got the auto bid so what the heck happens with them and semo now
1: well um semo's in um they've done enough to to warrant uh, a a pretty solid seed in my opinion i i mean i I wouldn't be surprised to see them below a 10. If they're, if they're between like the seven and 10 range, I could, I could see that the strength of schedule could hurt them a little bit. Um, Cause I'm not exactly sure how, you know, Eli goes and actually, you know, uh, brackets the tournament, but Murray state is a team that I think is a year ahead of where they should be. And I'll talk a little bit more about it when they, uh when we break down um the bracket as the, as the auto bit there, but, You know They're a very young team, and if they go full dev this year, if they went full dev this year, they could be a force next year. So, I mean, I think that they're peaking a year early.
0: One of the Sims' many mysteries are Eli's bracketing principles, which I would love for him to do. That is premium content that I would pay for, just to hear and see his bracketing
1: (laughs) principles. That is a master class or a Zoom (laughs) class that I would gladly take a Saturday and just, you know heat check sim 101 i would be i would pay multiple dollars to be there
0: i i'd fund his site for the year just to just to have him break it down for all of us and, and all of it's seemingly madness uh, as well but but congrats to murray state Congrats to the on a great season two they both will likely be tourney bound uh when they hear their names called uh, in a few short minutes here to the pack 12 where oregon finished 26 and 2 and 16 and zero, running away with the conference title There's a ton of depth here. Matt had Washington in his next far out, but another team watching near the bubble is Utah, who has a 66 SOR, but the fourth best SOS in the country. In the quarters, Washington and Utah both lose, possibly sealing their postseason fates. Cal gets upset by seven seed USC. In the semis, Oregon crushes UCLA and Arizona beats USC, setting up the one versus three final, where Oregon. Flexes its muscles yet again, winning the Pac-12 tournament, seventy-one to fifty-nine. Matt is Oregon a one seed? They have the five, number five sor in the country going into this.
1: This pains me to say it as a real-life Washington Husky fan, but yes, the Oregon Ducks should be a number one seed of the Heat Check Sim tournament. Quote me on it. Yes, okay, Oregon, there you go. I said it. Um, Yeah, no, they should be. um, I think that if Cal would have made the final, I think that there would have been an argument between the two of them being so close, but Cal losing in the first round to a very, very poor USC team um, and Oregon winning should give them the number one seed in the West region. Um, Yeah. As you mentioned earlier, Washington and Utah, Utah is not going to be in the tournament. That's, that's, Crazy to say. That's considering how successful they've been the last three or four seasons. Utah not being in the tournament is going to be just insane.
0: Yeah. For those who, who maybe are new, newcomers to the pod, to, to the Zoom recording podcast, or even this, the Sim community, Utah's got arguably as much pedigree uh, in the Sim as, as any other team in America. So to not hear their name called will be a bit jarring for all of us, probably. But congrats to Oregon. We'll see what cow seeding, how that's affected by their early round upset. Um, but congrats to Oregon on, on sweeping both the regular season and the conference tournament title. On to the Patriot, where Holy Cross and Army were the two best teams. And indeed, they were the two teams in the final, with Holy Cross capturing the Patriot Crown 74-62. to 62. They have a 12.45 roster rating, so they can make some noise in the NCAA tournament. Let's move to the Sun Belt, where West Virginia now plays very randomly. And indeed, since joining, they got a one seed in the conference tournament after finishing 15 and one in conference, as did Louisiana. And they played in the final. And in that final, West Virginia wins the auto bid 74 to 61. It is worth noting they have a 13.93 roster rating. So that's also a team that can make some noise in the big dance. But congrats to the Mountaineers on their auto bid out of the Sunbelt Conference. On to the SOCON, which everyone loves to follow on Discord, thanks to the great coaches in this league. Rivals Tennessee Tech and Wofford both finished with 14-2 and two conference records. Also, not, a, not sure if anyone's heard from the VMI coach, but they got a fourth seed in this tournament. And that coach, was, he was awesome. So hopefully he comes back and joins the Discord again soon. Both Wofford and Tennessee Tech are outside the top 75 in SOR, so this might be a one-bid league. In the quarters, all the top seeds won comfortably, except for Liberty, which got upset. In the semis, Wofford crushes VMI, and Tennessee Tech beats UNC Greensboro. And in the finals, we get the matchup we wanted: one versus two. These two teams in their roster ratings only separated by .09, and in the end, it's Tennessee Tech winning the championship, 67 to 54. Congrats to them. This is a tough one for Wofford, but we know they'll come back strong as usual. Matt, any predictions on where Tennessee Tech and their 13.55 roster rating get seated?
1: Well, you know, um, as a 100 coming in with wins over uh, below 500 Samford, um, a below 500 UNC Greensboro, and a pretty solid Wofford, I mean, I don't think that I, I don't think that they will be above the play in game. So I think that maximum they should be a 13.
0: 13. Okay. Well, th- they're going to be dangerous wherever they're seated and and just a, a great conference to follow along with. You, you actually one of these conferences you hope gets two bids, but it doesn't look like it's going to be very likely. But congrats to Tennessee Tech on on that that conference title. Um, the right excuse me, the, the conference tournament title and to Wofford. We'll see uh, if the NIT is awaiting you sometime soon. Let's go to the SEC, where six more with six more tournaments left, by the way, before we get to the bracket reveal. Mississippi State and their fifth best roster in the country ran away with the SEC, finishing 15 and one. Ole Miss sits in Matt's next four out with an SOR 58. You also have Missouri, LSU, and Florida all with top 40 SORs. In the quarters, Missouri does beat Ole Miss, which might officially burst the rebels bubble. Meantime, Georgia springs a one-point upset versus LSU as the sixth seed. In the semis, Mississippi State destroys Missouri by 23, but we also get another upset as Georgia defeats the Gators 75-69. to So in the finals, it's one versus six. All the bubble teams are hoping and praying that Mississippi State takes care of business in this lopsided matchup. And their prayers go unanswered as the slipper still fits. Georgia making an epic run through the SEC tournament and making the big dance, winning seventy-five to sixty-nine. Matt, what just happened here?
1: Um, the shocker of the century just happened here. <laughs> I mean, you know, looking at the bracketology coming in, I mean, Georgia has a pretty solid pedigree. You know, coming in fifteen and thirteen. 67 sor, but I mean a 15-13 against the eighth strongest schedule in the country. You know, I mean they they are battle tested, and you know that win over LSU, you know an up and coming LSU program, and then that really close win over a very solid Florida program. I don't even think that those two wins would have put him in the tournament. But you know, going over, yeah, I'm pretty sure answering Purdue's question, um, is B Fox still coaching them? I believe he is. Um, so congratulations to him. But uh, yeah, um, Georgia making that run just absolutely crazy. And, you know, if I'm one of those teams that's on the bubble, yeah, and that's, that's one less spot right there.
0: We, we tend to see it happen once or twice in these tournament results. And we've already seen it a few times with, between them and Northern Iowa and a few others. But congrats to Georgia. I don't even know if they bother to tune in uh, to the Zoom, but uh, they'll be pleasantly surprised at this result knowing that they have got the auto berth to the NCAA tournament. Let's go to the Southland. Uh, We're almost done here, folks, in terms of the conference room results. Most of these schools are CPU run. New Orleans has been a conference powerhouse and they continue to do so, winning the title 82 to 73 over Colorado State. Let's get to the summit. South Dakota State finished 15 and one in the conference, followed by North Dakota and San Jose State at 13 and three apiece. North Dakota gets upset early in the 2-7, which gets us to the one versus three in the final, where South Dakota State completes their run, crushing the Spartans of San Jose State, 83-58, to getting the auto bid. Congrats to them. They just seem like they're consistently always a good program out there. Let's quickly hit the SWAC, where, again, I don't know how many head coaches are active in this conference. It was Arkansas Pine Buff and Texas Southern all season, as they both finished 15-1 and in conference and you guessed it they both also took a game off each other indeed they played in the finals with texas southern winning the rubber match 66 to 60 so congrats to them a perennial power out of the SWAC we'll end out west with the WAC in the WCC first in the western athletic conference where Rio Grande had a breakthrough season after being on the precipice the past couple of years they finished 15-1 and in conference to get the one seed in at least the NIT bid, if not more. In the quarters, all the top seeds advanced except for Utah Valley. In the semis, Rio Grande gets by one of their nemesis, New Mexico State, while two-seed Cal Baptist beats Pepperdine. And in the finals for that auto bid, in overtime, at the buzzer, Rio Grande beats Cal Baptist 77 to 75 to get to what I believe is their first ever NCAA tournament bid. Congrats to them. Amazing stuff. A story of perseverance in building the program the right way. Uh, congrats to them. They've got a good coach in the discord as well. And last
1: congratulations, congratulations to them, even though I'm still angry at them for stealing a recruit from me in season one.
0: (laughs) It's season one. Yeah. So Matt, Matt had the bad juju put on uh, on Rio Grande for for a, a decade running, or at least ten seasons. But uh, I guess moving to the A10 made you maybe a little bit more of a of a happy, positive coach and let letting bygones be bygones. But congrats to Rio Grande uh, on their first bid, I believe, again in the NCAA tournament. Last but certainly not least, the WCC, which has had a ton of drama in the past. This league's super competitive, four teams rated in the 13.0 range or higher. The USF Dons went 15-1 and to take the regular season title. Gonzaga, Loyola Marymount, St. Mary's all finished 11-5, crazily enough. Elmue and USF seem like they're in decent shape to get at larges, but Gonzaga is sitting at 69 in SOR, so it might take a tournament title to get them in. In the quarters, all the top seeds advance except for St. Mary's. In the semis, the Dons crush San Diego, and Gonzaga sneaks by LMU 80 to 78, moving one step closer to that auto bid. Oh, sorry about that. They move one step closer to the auto bid. We will we see another possible bid thief again before it's all said and done. And in that championship, Gonzaga loses to USF 86 to 67, ending their run in the WCC tourney. The Dons sweep both titles, what a conference tournament season we had, Matt. Before we get to the bracket reveal, any thoughts on the WCC and if Gonzaga has a shot at an at-large?
1: No, I don't think they do. They that that win over Loyola Marymount was good, but they needed they needed that conference tournament bid. I mean, they needed that title at sixty nine sor. I mean, it's just not it, it's there's not enough you can make up. There's not enough space to make up in a conference like the West Coast Conference. Like if you're in the ACC, maybe. But, you know, where you have strong six, seven and eight teams, but I, I don't think they have enough to get in They're They're probably going to be a top three NIT team, I, th- I would think.
0: Well, that's that's not what they like to play for, but that might be the fate that they're relegated to, depending on how it all shakes out. But congrats on the Dons, who I believe make maybe their first tournament or at least one first one in a long time. Before we get to the bracket reveal and apologies for the formatting error on the slide, I think that's what threw me off there. But before we get to that bracket reveal, let's get Matt's final bracketology. For first-time viewers, remember that Matt posted his end of regular season bracketology on Monday. Then I shared these conference tournament results with him, and this is what he produced after that. So these are truly his last predictions. He did not get a sneak peek at the final bracket until after he sent me this. Matt, run run us through this for real quick.
1: Yeah, so um, on the left-hand side there, you can see all the auto bids, uh, 32 of those guys. Um, You've got your 36 at-large bids here, and um, I put those in. I I originally had put them in the order uh, that I thought that they would be in with the last four being down at the bottom there, but then I decided to just alphabetize the columns. I figured that'd be a little easier. So... Teams, you know, some teams on here that, uh, you know, we should keep an eye for, you know, you've got, uh, let's see, LSU's in there. Illinois, I put Illinois, Chicago in the tournament. I have New Mexico in um, some of those other bubble teams. Um, if you look on there let's see Arizona Butler, I'll just, I'll just read them off for you. So you guys can, uh, the people who are just listening can hear it yeah, too. So we've got at large bids. We've got uh, Arizona, Butler, California, Illinois, Duke, Illinois, Chicago, um, Florida State, Illinois State, Iowa State, Kansas State, Lafayette, Loyola, Marymount, Louisville, LSU, Minnesota, Memphis, Mississippi State, Missouri, North Carolina, Monmouth, Pittsburgh, New Mexico, St. Joe's, Purdue, um, St. Louis, Southeast Missouri State, San Diego State, Temple, Seton Hall, Tulsa, UCLA, VCU, Wake Forest, Virginia, Wisconsin, Xavier, and then... My last four in, I have in the play-in games, I would have Missouri, New Mexico, Tulsa, LSU. My first four out, I have Georgetown, Michigan, Old Dominion, Clemson. And then my next four out, I have Indiana State, Denver, Kent State, and Drake.
0: Wow. Well, it's sad to see that the next four out would all be mid-major teams, but but hopefully one of those teams can sneak in. This is high drama. There are a lot of teams that are on that proverbial bubble. so. Let's see what happens as we get to this bracket reveal. We're gonna go bracket by bracket. The um, the first two brackets, let's see this. Yeah, here we go. This slide. The first two brackets, the east and the south will meet in one half of the final four, the west and the midwest will meet in the other. We'll uh, we'll go through this bracket by bracket, like I said, and then we'll we'll uh, save some time at the end for for discussion. But on to the east region where you have the one seed out of the East, Wake Forest. So Wake Forest does get that one seed. They will play 16 seed, winner of NC Central and Winthrop. So that's NC Central and Winthrop as your 16s. Eight seed Wisconsin out of the Big Ten, and they will face off against nine seed Kansas State with the 17.13 roster rating, getting a nine, a nine seed out of the East. Five seed Connecticut, the best team in the SIM roster rating wise, gets a five seed against 12 seed winner of VCU and Illinois. So you've got two teams that potentially run the bubble. I don't think we talked much about Illinois, but VCU and Illinois will be facing off in that 12 versus 12 playing game. We'll go through the rest of the bracket. Four seed Florida will face off against 13 seed Stony Brook. Six-seed Monmouth in their 15.4 roster rating will go off against 11-seed Delaware State. So the battle of mid-majors will rear its head once again in the NCAA tournament as Monmouth and Delaware State will get each other in six versus 11. Three versus 14, St. Joseph's out of the A-10 and 14-seed South Dakota State out of the Summit. In your seven ten matchup, it is Duke out of the ACC against 10-seat Temple out of the American. And then lastly, out of the East, we have two versus 15. Arizona coming out of the Pac-12, squaring off against those Ivy League champions, the Princeton Tigers. Now, we're going to save most of our commentary until until after we release all four brackets. But uh, but anything to note with regard to that 12-versus-12 playing?
1: Yeah, I did not think... Illinois dropped as I didn't think that they would drop as much as they did. That really surprised me. Um, VCU getting in, they absolutely should. They always seem to get hot at the right time and they could be a very dangerous matchup, even though you do have, you know, the, the best team in same history right there in the five seed.
0: Yeah. We'll spend some time on these uh, after uh, we release the rest of the brackets, but needless to say, some interesting results here. Let's get to the South. One seed out of the South are those Kansas Jayhawks after winning the Big 12 Conference Championship. Again, 16-seed Citadel. Tommy Bible may or may not be in the arena for that one. One versus 16, Kansas Citadel. Eight-seed Lafayette. My Leopards get the eight against the nine-seed Xavier Musketeers. So that should be an interesting eight-nine. Five versus 12, Seton Hall, the Big East regular season champions. Going against 12 seed Murray State, the racers in their auto bid gets the 12, and they'll have a heck of a matchup against those Big East champions. Four versus 13, you have Cal out of the Pac 12 going up against West Virginia, the Mountaineers getting their auto bid out of the Sun Belt, and they will get that really interesting matchup against those Pac 12 foes, the Cal Golden Bears. Six versus 11, you have Iona getting all the way up to a six after that conference tournament run against 11-seed Missouri out of the SEC. Three-seed North Carolina going up against Tennessee Tech, the 14-seed out of the SOCON. Seven-seed Louisville out of the ACC going up against 10-seed Butler. And then two-seed Mississippi State, Facing off against 15 seed Bryant. Matt, again, we'll, we'll uh, save more of the commentary for the end here, but um, anything with regard to bubble teams and their hopes?
1: Now, uh, a quick th- quick commentary. California was, was going into the conference tournament, was regarded as possibly that fourth and number one, and they lose to USC in the first round. They dropped to a four. I'm very intrigued to see what their SOR number is when we get those numbers later on tomorrow, hopefully.
0: Yeah, we'll get the the final SOR and SOS numbers later. But yeah, that's going to be a theme here, I think, of seeing how seeds may have changed uh, towards uh, the end of conference tournament play. But let's go from the south to the west. One seed, Oregon, after their perfect run through the Pac-12 tournament, they will stay out west for the NCAA tournament against 16-seed winner of Texas Southern and Southern Utah, the Thunderbirds looking to make some noise in in their, I believe, first tournament bid, um, if not one of their more recent bids. Eight versus nine, you have SEMO getting the eight against Loyola Marymount out of the WCC. Five seed in the West, Purdue, the Boilermakers, find out their fate. They will be five heading out to the West Coast playing against Georgia, that SEC auto-bid berth. They will get Georgia versus Purdue. Four-seed Miami of Ohio against 13-seed Northern Iowa. So that's where the Panthers end up after they won the MVC. Six-seed San Francisco, the Dons, will get the six after their tournament run in the WCC. Going up against New Mexico, the Lobos do get into the field. As the 11, so I don't want to say that was a comfortable uh, entry into the tournament, but they are in nonetheless. Three seed, Minnesota, the Golden Gophers with a really special season in the Big Ten, um, despite having a bit of a rebuild. 14 seed, Charlotte. So Minnesota will get Charlotte. The 7 seed in the West is UCLA, going up against 10 seed, UVA. So that'll be an interesting Pac-12 ACC matchup. And then two versus 15. UNLV against Long Beach State, Matt, I think, again, we'll save commentary, but uh, thoughts on New Mexico getting the 11. Hey, Matt, are you still with us?
1: Sorry, yep, yeah, turn my microphone off. Um, yeah, no, I, uh, I'm New Mexico is an 11 seed. That's very, very interesting. Very, very interesting. Uh, I... Don't know if I would have put them that high, but, I mean, congratulations. They've got a great matchup there with San Francisco. It's going to be a hell of a game.
0: Yeah, there's some competitive matchups in this one for sure. Let's uh, let's go to the Midwest, that last region for everyone's hopes and dreams, if I, my math is correct. Villanova gets the one out of the Midwest going up against Rio Grande. The 16 seed in their first tournament bid will get Villanova uh, should be uh, an interesting, difficult matchup for Rio Grande. But, hey, they're, they're happy to be there, and they'll look to make some noise uh, in that 1-16 versus 16 matchup. Eight versus nine. Iowa State gets an eight seed against nine seed St. Louis. Five seed Pittsburgh against 12 seed winner of Old Dominion in Illinois, Chicago. Wow. Two teams from mid-major conferences, both getting in that play-in game out of the 12. Four versus 13, the Indiana Hoosiers in that four spot against 13-seed Green Bay. Six-seed Illinois State going up against 11-seed LSU out of the SEC. Three versus 14, San Diego State going up against Holy Cross out of the Patriot. Seven versus 10, you have Radford after their 8-10 conference tournament title facing off against 10 seed Tulsa out of the American. And then last but certainly not least, the two versus 15 Florida State on the heels of their ACC tournament title going up against New Orleans out of the Southland. All right, we are we are done revealing the bracket. There's a lot of stuff here. Matt, I guess before we get into a bunch of stuff, Thoughts
1: on ODU and Illinois Chicago? Well, I I thought Illinois Chicago was safer than they were, and uh, Old Dominion. I, I'm gonna say I, I would go out on a limb and say that those are the last two in, and kudo congratulations to ODU because I, I did not think it would be you guys. I want to say that in the bracketology, I think I put Memphis in over. Over Old Dominion, but congratulations to ODU. They're going to be, you know, that's a that's a really tough team. That's a team that could definitely give Pittsburgh fits in the second round, or if they, are in the first round, if they can get past uh, Illinois Chicago.
0: Yeah, I mean, I didn't expect to see ODU's name called, and apparently neither no did their coach because he left the Zoom call. Actually, I think he might have rejoined uh, just just in time to hear his to hear his name called. I think I see ODU uh, ODU's icon here in the Zoom, but. Well, let me share a couple of thought of thought starters and questions, and then we'll actually go bracket by bracket. And then uh, we would love to bring in some coaches who want to share their real-time commentary. But number one, congrats to the OBC who did indeed get two bids with Simo as an eight seed and Murray as a 12. Matt, any bubble teams you felt were deserving who didn't get in? I'm surprised in this playing game here, especially after the semifinal loss uh, in the Conference USA for ODU. Um, but any teams that you felt particularly got the shaft based on what you saw you said Memphis I think
1: um you know I think I I, I for some reason thought I think I'm gonna have to go look at the the numbers afterwards but yeah I Memphis got in I don't think they got shafted per se but the thing that's just really interesting to me is like I wrote down a list of the teams that didn't make it in and I mean for those of us that have been here since S1 I mean you're looking at Cincinnati Georgia Tech Gonzaga Michigan Michigan State, Oklahoma State, Utah, Washington. I mean, those teams right there are like blue bloods in in our our sim, and none of them are in the tournament. It is just mind boggling. It's going to make for you know, it's it's. I'm very excited to see some new faces in here, but it's just, I think this this kind of signals maybe a shifting of the tides. Maybe we're starting to see, you know, some that we're not going to, you know, not going to be the those top tier blue bloods all the time. Maybe we're going to see more of the, the mid tier teams kind of make that rise to the top and hopefully be there for a long time. It's very nice to see a bunch of new teams. And I can tell you for a fact, as a former um, prestige five, six Southeast person, they're all rooting for LSU to win as many games and get out of that prestige level as possible.
0: Well, I mean, that's what makes it seem great is that you've got a lot, a lot of parody and, and just a lot of random teams that have built up some really strong programs um, I'll plug in Lafayette and there we know how strong we are. Uh, and we'll see how we do in this tournament. You had Matt, you had VCU as last four in before the conference tournament results. They made a run to the A10 final, but they still got in the play-in game. Does that make you think the Bit Thieves really hurt their chance or hurt their cause to not or to avoid that game? Or was that still where you would have slotted them in that play-in?
1: Um, yeah, I probably would have put them a little higher than than that because I mean they did have a couple of solid wins in that tournament. But I mean, at the end of the day, you know, it just goes to show you that, you know, they came in as a 59 SOR won two games lost in the final and they were last team in. So it just goes to show you that where that margin of error is, you know, if you're in, you know, if you're between that 40 and 60 range, you know, you got to get to the final or you got to win the thing because you're not guaranteed to get in.
0: Yeah, nothing is promised, especially when you're living that life in the bubble. Uh, to change gears a little bit because we're on the slide. How did Iowa State get an eight seed? They finished 14 and 2 in the conference. They made the conference tournament final. They went, they did go two and seven against quad one teams, which I guess might have been their downfall. But you win the Big 12 and your reward is a tough first round matchup against St. Louis and a possible second round matchup against Villanova. I just that one stuck out to me when I was when I was going through this.
1: To be fair, I think that if their second round matchup would have been against, you know, the higher seed, if it would have been against like a better team like Oklahoma State, then I think maybe they could have, you know, it would have improved them a little bit. But then again, I mean, I can see that maybe their SOR drops slightly. I mean, they were in the seven range just coming in, you know, at 29, technically, if you kind of average it out, that would be, you know, a low eight seed. So, I mean, they're, I mean it's it's kind of right around where I thought they would be. I'm going to be interested to see where their final SOR is and kind of compare that to, to this and see maybe they didn't move up as much as we thought. Maybe the teams around them kind of did. There was some more movement than we thought.
0: Yeah, I'd love to see. The, I'd love to compare the non-con schedules between them and Kansas State, too, because both got similar seeds. But um, I assume Kansas State probably played a tougher non-conference schedule given how strong their roster was. Um, how much do you think conference tournaments were rewarded here? I mean, similar to Iowa state, Kansas won the tournament title and get it, got a one UNLV won the MWC and gets a two seed. You had them at a six, you had UConn as an eight going into the conference tournaments. They move up to a five. You had Miami of Ohio at an eight and they moved all the way up to a four. I just, there's a lot of disparity here. And, and I think part of it is conference tournament results and how influential they were, but You also had Wisconsin as a five in your bracket based on the end of end of season SOR of 19. And it looked like they were right there and then they lose in the quarterfinals and drop to an eight seed. Sorry, I got a couple more of these examples, but you know, Duke had an 18 SOR loses in the quarters, drops down to a seven seed. You mentioned Cal already. Um, Their SOR was four going into the Pac-12 tournament. So uh, again, I think we're all waiting for these nitty gritty stats to get released, but man, the conference tournaments really, really threw a jolt into the system. I don't know. What are your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, that's one of those things as as the the analytics nerd that I am that, you know, I see what I see going in and then the the results here. And my first thought isn't, Oh my gosh, that team got shafted. It's, Oh, I want to see, you know, the nitty gritty and yeah, take a look <laughs> at uh, make the comparisons that way. And, You know, all that stuff. And I mean, I, I, you know, it's, it's just, it's, that's what makes this bracket reveal so much fun is that it's not, you know, you don't look at a team like Wisconsin as a 19 SOR going in, losing in the quarterfinals and being like, you know, oh, they're guaranteed a five seed. You see them come in and get something lower and you're like, whoa, what the hell? And it's just, it's what makes this thing so much fun.
0: Yeah, and no matter how many tweaks you can make to your bracketology, it doesn't mean Eli's not going to make his own tweaks uh, and keep us on our toes. So, yeah, it is what makes this whole thing special and why I'm just glad that we uh, still have a sim to celebrate and appreciate and and for you and I getting to do this. I've got one more comment, question, and then we'll go bracket by bracket. Will we see the two versus 15 upset? We have Arizona and UNLV who could be susceptible. Princeton and Long Beach both have tournament pedigree feels like you might have to put the three seeds on notice, too. That's where you get St. Joe, South Dakota State, UNC Tech, Tennessee Tech, um, and then Minnesota, Charlotte, uh, I think is the three versus 14, and San Diego State, Holy Cross, so it might be the 413. But no, I think that is a three, three versus 14, excuse me. But any of those lower seeds on alert based on what you saw?
1: I think uh, looking at the brackets, I feel like if there is – I think the two that could be on upset alert. Um, let's see. Actually, oh yeah, yeah, the two that could be on upset alert. Um, I'm looking at UNLV, Long Beach State. I'm kind of looking at the like I, I broke down all the starting fives last night. Um, in my you know, wanting to be prepared, but then again, not wanting to do too much for it. Uh, and I feel, I mean, looking at just the the breakdowns there, Long Beach State. Is clearly a better defensive team than uh, than they are an offensive team, and really their only weakness defensively is at the point guard spot, and that's really the spot that UNLV should try to attack them. But on all other spots of the floor, like Long Beach State is really really good defensively, and if that game is one that is more of a defensive game, I could see um, that one going in favor of uh, of Long Beach State. The other one that is intriguing to me is you mentioned South Dakota state and they are of, you know, they have lots of, they have lots of experience in these, the, in this, this type of thing, they've got some older players. Um, St. Joe's throws out two, two sophomores, two freshmen and a senior, their senior being their weakest player. Um, But I think that that's a game where I could see an upset going purely on South Dakota state, having that experience and that senior upperclassman leadership.
0: Yeah, we'll see how experience comes into play again. To, for folks who've been around for a bit, we did see uh, Eli share some experience and seniority stats. Uh, and you just wonder if there's something in his engine that uh, that influences outcomes come turning time. But let's go to bracket by bracket. And then after that, for coaches who are hanging around and want to chime in, we'd love to hear from you. Bracket by bracket out of the East. Okay, so I got a couple of thoughts, comments, this may not be the region of death, but it's absolutely the half bracket of death. Three of the top five rated teams in the sim are in the top half of this bracket. A monumental clash with two mid-majors in Monmouth and Delaware State. Again, you hate to sort of see them face each other as opposed to taking on some power fives. But either way, if you're on the bottom of this bracket, you've got to love being there given you get a two-seed Arizona. And you avoided Florida State and Mississippi State as the other two seeds who were clearly, from a roster rating perspective, the, the strongest twos in the field.
1: How about that, Wake Forest? Congratulations on uh, getting the number one overall seed. Um, you're going to face off with the best team in sim history in the seed <laughs> 16. So congratulations. Um, yeah. I, it's, you know, UConn had to go somewhere. And unfortunately for Wake Forest and their their dream season, UConn is right in the path to uh, to their national championship hopes. Um, I uh, I was doing I got to do some I I did two quick breakdowns on on this bracket. The two games that I'm really looking forward to, at least first round and play in, Like I'm really looking forward to that Illinois um, VCU game. Um, it is a strength on strength game. Uh, VCU is is better defensively. V or sorry, VCU is better offensively. Illinois is better defensively, and they're both really really close in their ratings of their starting fives. And I wrote down here that I think that this, the the spot to watch is going to be the shooting guard here because you've got VCU's. Um, senior DJ Hill is a 9.2 offensive rating, and he matches up with Illinois' freshman, Sean Ratkovitz, who is a 5.6 defensive rating. Mm. Um, the thing that could help Illinois there is the fact that their small forward is a 9.4 defensive rating and uh, Rowan Boyd. But, uh, you know, that could be a very interesting matchup to watch. Yeah, but
0: strength on strength, he the, said.
1: Yeah, but the matchup of this bracket, and I'm just, all you know, it's Monmouth, Delaware State. That that is, in my opinion, that's the game right here. I mean, is you know these are two coaches that have been extremely vocal in the tournaments or in the in the sims since day one. Um, both of them, when their teams were down, you know they've gone through the ups and the downs. They're both kind of on the upswing here, but this matchup is so good. It's so good. Another strength on strength matchup here. Monmouth's defense is ninth. Uh, um, Their starting five's defensive rating is ninth of all the teams in the tournament. Um, They're going up against Delaware state's offense, which is 13th of all the teams that are still left. And on top of that, you've got, um, you know, Monmouth holds the edge everywhere in the rankings, except for, um, Delaware state has the edge of the power forward spot. They've got their senior um, who's a 10.0 offensively. Monmouth's got a freshman guarding him. Who's only a 6.9 defensively. It, it, that's going to be just a hell of a game. And I'm very, very excited to see not just that, but hear the banter between the two coaches. That's going to be awesome.
0: Yeah. When well, I, I think I saw Monmouth's coach uh, join the zoom a little while ago. So I'll we'll have to bring him on if he's interested to to chat after we were done talking through the other brackets, but also, two teams in Monmouth and Delaware State who are used to tournament success, so you figure whoever wins that matchup might might go on a run. They've both done it before. Let's let's hit the South. A couple of things for me here. Losing in the quarterfinals seems like it hurts, but I guess, again, similar to my comment about the two seeds, Kansas comes in hot, but they're not as highly rated as some of the twos in the field. Um, if we get to play them, Lafayette rather, if we get to play them, that'll be your – a resuming of my rivalry with their coach who was at Holy cross. So would love to see that happen. If I can get by the musketeers, we have Cal who will not get much protection in that four spot, having to face West Virginia and then possibly big East regular season champions, uh, in Seton hall. So this bracket just seems wide open to me, but what did you see when, uh, when you saw this page first?
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you that I don't think Cal is safe as a four seed, you know, they're ripe for an upset, um, West Virginia's starting five is better than Cal starting five. Um, and, you know, that's, uh, I think that's, if, if I'm doing a, a bracket challenge, I'm going West Virginia over Cal there. Um, so the other, the other seeds, I mean, I think that, you know, North Carolina's got a really good, really good path to the final. Um, I think Mississippi state's good, but I, I just, you know, North Carolina's got the pedigree. Um, that's going to be a really titanic matchup if they both get there also oh gosh, i love syracuse right here just just watching him in the chat just cracking me up. Bryant, Bryant made it in the prophecy cracks me up i i, um, I really wish we got
0: florida states coach to, to jump in here and just have him go back and forth for a little while
1: that would have been fantastic <laughs> i hate to tell you syracuse um but i have bryant's uh um starting five ranked 67 out of 68 teams so they ain't going anywhere um <laughs> But uh, yeah, just just I think this is a well balanced bracket, and um, you know, I think that uh, you could see there's a potential for big upsets here. I would not be surprised to see a 12-13 matchup between Murray State and West Virginia in the in the second round. I really like that Murray State team, and they're just they, they're going to build some momentum going into next year, where they're going to be a very 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 tough out.
0: Yeah, I think you could see a lot of mid-majors advance to at least the second round. So I'll be curious to see how it all plays out. But um, some fascinating matchups. Again, I think out of the four brackets, this seems like the one that um, could be the the least predictable. For the West, again, you hate to see mid-majors playing each other. So Miami playing Northern Iowa sort of sucks. But what a second-round matchup we'd get if it was Purdue and Miami squaring off. Also, I don't know if there's a weaker pod – the 6-11 and three fourteen games you have a guaranteed sweet 16 game with a team that will at best be 13.91 and in general that bottom half of the bracket anyone in there has to feel really great about their draw
1: yeah i agree if you i think whoever makes it out of you know the that bottom bottom bracket of ucla virginia unlv long beach state I think that they're very happy with that pod that's right above them. Cause I mean, you know, they each of those four teams between San Francisco and New Mexico, Minnesota and Charlotte, their starting fives are pretty solid. But um, you know, they it's it's their bench players that kind of brings down that rating a little bit. Um, that being said, the only really like I would love to see a second round matchup between San Francisco and Charlotte because those two have really elite like uh, San Francisco's offense is, is elite ranked 12th um, of all the, uh, the teams left and uh, Charlotte's got the 11th best defense um, rated left. And uh, Charlotte's got a bunch of senior leadership as well. So, you know, there are some, some interesting matchups there, but I mean, I, I just, I feel like, uh, you know, whoever the, the favorite it's going to come out of the top half of the bracket and the bottom half of the bracket is just going to be, I mean, it's, it's not going to be a big challenge for whoever comes out of the top.
0: No, and, and we don't have the math. You know, we don't have the, the the magic of Eli Sim to understand how much advancing in the tournament is worth uh, in terms of you know prestige and income. You know, his whole income and expenses model. But again, for any of those teams, they've got they've got to be feeling good about their chances to get a little more income uh, by by advancing in what is again, just, I mean, objectively a very weak part of the draw again relative to the rest of the bracket also Syracuse's head coach I'm not sure if he's saying fuck you to me in this zoom in this zoom for mentioning Florida State I'm not uh I'm not me. I'm, I was the to the you okay gotcha I was like the first, 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 the- first this guy is, is you know telling me that I should <laughs> use this discord for our uh, zoom for our our reveal and then he's uh throwing cursors (laughs) around the Zoom. yeah that
1: the first one was to the was to the florida state one the second one was to me because i saw it come up right after i said that bryant was the second worst team and they weren't going anywhere i immediately looked to the chat and saw that one pop up there
0: well i think i like the florida state Um, coach a, a little bit more now uh i think i think i think it's all starting to make a little bit more sense but uh syracuse just fyi nevada did not make it i know you would have claimed that as a as a victory for you two of Nevada, somehow snuck into the field. Let's go to the Midwest, and then we'll bring in any coaches who wanna who wanna jump on and chat. This actually might be the region of death, given you have five of the top fifteen rosters in the sim all in this region. Radford is lurking in that seven spot. I think if memory serves, we've seen some mid-major runs come out of that seven spot, and I think specifically even out of the A10. Florida State is officially on notice uh, based on who wins that seven ten, assuming they get past New Orleans, which which does have some rich tournament history of their own. And then don't forget, Tulsa did win the American outright despite having very mediocre advanced metrics. So interesting Midwest uh, Midwest region here.
1: Yeah, here's the thing about this one that's very interesting. If you take a look at at uh, just the starting fives, take the bench players off. Um, Radford has the, is a 15.78 between their starting five Tulsa is a 15.32, both top 16 of the teams left on top of that. Radford is top 15 in both offense and defense. That's a, that's definitely a sleeper team right there. That that's a team that, you know, if they, uh, you know, hopefully the bench doesn't pull them down too much, but, uh, you know, those two teams, that's going to be a very, very good matchup. The other Thing that's really really cool about this and you, you won't see it on the, the rankings on there but if you average out the ratings of the starting fives for the in the 8-9 matchup um, Iowa State's average ranking is a 14.16 and St. Louis is a 14.14 so they're a little close there and then if you do the uh, the same with the 6-11 matchup Illinois State's is a 14.64 and LSU is a 14.62 so you've got two extremely close matchups here that I think are going go to go down to the wire. Um, if I'm going upset special here, um, ODU to the Sweet 16.
0: ODU to the Sweet 16, okay. I mean, I, I still look at that, and maybe I'm just bullish on them because it's Patriot, and I'm a Patriot League alum uh, in the sim with Lafayette before we moved to the A-10. But three-seed San Diego State just seems susceptible calling us 14 seed Holy Cross. So I think has made the tournament a couple of years in a row in a row. So I just, that just seems a little bit too tight for a three versus 14 matchup. Um, And then obviously the Illinois state LSU six versus 11, which we've seen upsets from in the past, that should be a a heck of a matchup. Um, But yeah, I think there's going to be high drama across the entire tournament. The Midwest will certainly be no exception. I'm going to kick it to you for any lasting thoughts, but I do want to open this up to the, any of the coaches who are on the line and want to uh, to share their jubilation or their chagrin about what they've just heard over the past you know hour and hour and a half and change or however long it was, Matt, I don't think I'm able to see who's raising their hands or asking to unmute unless I stop scare- sharing my screen. So I might have to do that. But if you see anybody in the chat who wants to to jump on, maybe let me know and I can try to unmute them too. Uh, but any lasting thoughts from you before we open up uh, open up to callers?
1: Yeah, really quickly, um, I've got to make these my last comments. I'm going to have to go. Uh, Syracuse is raising their hands, just an FYI. Um, <laughs> okay. But uh, yeah, so uh, this is going to be a very fun tournament. I'm very much excited to see some of these, you know, some of these games, I mean, you know, you've got a three seed San Diego state who's a 13.45. I mean, I, I want to kind of, it kind of makes me want to go back over the next few days and just kind of do like a, a big research project of like what average rankings were for each seed and just kind of see where this compares. I mean, it's, it seems like we're having a lot of, we're seeing a lot more higher seeds with lower ratings, which for, you know, a a team that is kind of on the rise and maybe a team that, uh, you know, that, that, is kind of a mid major, you know. It just shows you that if you, you know, find the right thing and you find, you know, that diamond in the rough, you could possibly, you know, you could still get a three seed and not be resigned to a six, seven, or eight, or nine, or whatever. So
0: I, I agree. I think, There's some luck of the draw, so to speak, in terms of you know even what conference you play in and the opponents you play in. Because yeah, the San Diego State can get a three seed coming out. That's that's a heck of a, a heck of a path for them um, relative to some of the other folks that we've seen. You know, have got very talented rosters and and we'll have much lower seeds going into this tournament.
1: Yeah, completely agree. Um, I think that we're going to see lots of upsets as well. So yeah. I think that's that's what, I'll, that's what I'll leave on, is I think we're going to see lots of upsets. I think it's going to be a great tournament. <laughs> And uh, you know, just hoping that uh, we get a good one. And we're going to, you know, just uh, let's keep the momentum going, keep the discord going when, while we wait for uh, season twelve after the in real life NCAA tournament.
0: Matt, do you have two minutes for me to unmute Syracuse to see if he, if he wants to curse yes. at you? <laughs> okay, well, we'll I unmute. do have. I
1: do have two minutes. Go for it, Syracuse.
0: All right, I just asked him to unmute. Let's see if the uh, if he's unmuted. There he is. Season
1: twelve, baby. <laughs> To
0: be NCAA champion.
1: All I right. Seen yeah. you, uh, recu- I, I haven't seen him recruit Carmelo Anthony yet, so I'm, I'm, I'm not thinking that's that's going to happen.
0: He, he's going to pull off a, a turnaround for the ages, uh, one of the likes of which the Sim has never seen before. He's going to clean up the transfer market, you know, get get the top five. He's going to pull a Chris Beard and and just you know just destroy the transfer market, or maybe like Lane Giffen in the portal. Um, but, but we'll, we'll see off the way to wait a year to get, to get it done. Or season where's, Jerry get it done. Mac,
1: where's Jerry McNamara, bro. Where's Jerry <laughs> McNamara. All right. I'm out guys. Have a great night.
0: All right, Matt, take care. Matt, Matt has left the building, but we, as always, we appreciate uh, all of his efforts. I know this is a bit of a jarring season 11, just given the compressed schedule and, uh, and yeah, just I think a lot of us were trying to get back into the swing of things around recruiting, around, you know, building in some of this, uh, supplemental content, including today's, today's podcast recording, but I'm just grateful that all of you joined today or tonight on uh, your all's busy schedules. And hopefully you enjoyed this. I will hang out for another minute or so in case folks do want to, to jump on the line and we'll stand as long as you like cleared my, cleared my evening just to uh, talk heat check, he checks in basketball, but, um, but appreciate everyone who is on here. I know Michigan state joined Purdue, Abilene Christian who, who unfortunately suffered some heartbreak in the quarterfinals of their tournament. Longwood as well, who joined and uh, suffered that, that devastating uh, championship round loss uh, in their conference tournament. And then Denver as well, who uh, who didn't hear their name called after this uh, after this bracket was revealed, but anyone else want to jump in raise your hand jump or uh, type in the chat and i'm happy to unmute you uh for any lasting words of wisdom predictions reactions um here here for all of it like i said all right well i'm getting a thank you from from abc's coach which is, is greatly appreciated i'm glad you guys Glad you guys enjoyed this. I, I will be the first two minutes it's, is as much fun for me to put this together as it is for uh, hopefully for you all to listen. Thanks for allowing me to fumble through some of this as I build my my Zoom recording podcasting muscles back up after a hiatus myself. But uh, this is yeah, this is this is a thrill, and uh, and I probably waste more time than I care to admit putting this stuff together. But uh, but thank you all for your contributions for being a really active Discord community. Uh, it's, uh, it's a welcome respite for, uh, for those of us who work day jobs and would rather be, uh, fucking around on discord, talking about heat checks and basketball. So with that, I will let you all go have a great night. Congrats to the tournament winners. And for those who did not make a tournament, be on the lookout on Eli's website for NIT bracket results. And hopefully you'll hear a name called, uh, when it comes to the NIT, but thanks again, guys. Have a great rest of your night.